Welcome to Day 290 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with Matthew Kresge and uh, David Keefe. Uh, as we continue our journey through the book of Hebrews, uh, we've enjoyed the rich images, uh, Old Testament images. You know, we mentioned yesterday, uh, we tend to get a little routine and a little rut for us and a little meaningless, you know, if we uh, were simply worshiping God in that way. But the reason is, is because we have been introduced into a far better way, into the presence of God, you know, through the person of Christ. And when we look back on how God uh, was preparing us for what we would receive in Christ and how every one of their images is uh, not only fulfilled in Christ, but uh, Christ takes those images and, and he fulfills them in such a way that it exceeds all of our expectations and the grace we find in him is the fullness of every promise and every action of God in the Old Testament. So it's fun to read through Hebrews and it's fun to see how uh, you know those who love the Hebrew scripture you know, began to look back in them and to, you know, see Christ. Uh, and, and sometimes we can be a little bit sloppy about seeing Christ in every little detail of Scripture, but every rhythm of Scripture moves us toward Him. And so this is a, a beautiful example of that. So we continue in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, but before we uh, continue to read through Hebrews, let's uh, uh, continue to offer ourselves to God for him to do his work in us through the Holy Spirit who both inspired the word and brings the word home to us in a way that uh, stirs our affection for Christ and our desire to love, know, and follow him. So Matt, do you mind leading us in prayer? Father, we do ask as um, we enter into your word together that you would would be with us, that you would glorify yourself, that you would um, help us to see Christ Jesus and encourage our hearts. Father, we thank you uh, for your word. We thank you that, that every time we um, open it and read it, um, you move. And so we're expectant. Uh, we're, we're asking, Father, that you would draw near to us as we draw near to you and, um, and use your word in our lives. God, thank you for this time together. Fill us with wisdom as we read. Help us to, um, to not just read truths and, and let it be stagnant, but, but, Father, would your word that's living and active search us? Um, and, and accomplish its purpose in us. We love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10. The law is on a sh- only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, they would not have stopped being offering. <laughs> Let me read that again. Otherwise, they not... Why can I not read? Otherwise, (laughs) would they not have stopped being offered? Uh, For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sin. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came to the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offering and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I've come to do your will, my God. First, he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, here I am, I've come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. 
But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sin, he sat down at the right hand of God, and since that time he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First he says, This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my law in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice by sin is no longer necessary. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with sincere heart and full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spare one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, and again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Remember those earlier days when you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those who were in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had a better and lasting possession. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay, and but my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and are saved. And we've often talked about the warning passages in, uh, uh, in Hebrews, and of course this, uh, this passage is, uh, you know, is one of the one of the more sobering, you know, warning passages, and it does, you know, challenge our attitude, you know, towards sin, you know, having presumed upon the grace of God, and to deliberately, you know, keep on sinning. And of course, the old covenant and the new covenant never designed, you know, as an excuse for unfaithfulness. Both were designed to call us into greater faithfulness. And the new covenant. Uh, even more so because it does deal with deep heart issues that have separated us from God, cleansing the conscience, making perfect, you know, are the, you know, the words that you, you see here uh, in, in this text. So what are some of the things, guys, as you read this passage that stand out to you? I mean, initially, just in, in light of what you were saying, you know, in light of that warning passage, I mean, what a contrast between what he had just said previously, you know, just the paragraph above it where he says, you know, we have a new and living way opened up to us through the body. You know, that is the curtain. And so we then get to draw near. I mean, we have access to a God through Christ Jesus. 
and, and that contrast between you know drawing near to God and then just deliberately sinning. You know, and it's almost like He's calling to them. You know, you have a you have this incredible privilege, and you're commanded to draw near. Why would we? Why would we deliberately sin? You know, keep on sinning. So just the contrast stands out to me. No, and, and that's you know that really you know, brings the, you know the whole thing into context. If if there is this deeper work in us that has mm-hmm. cleared the conscience and has you know bringing to completion, and that's what he means by perfect, you know, the work of God, mm-hmm. you know, in us, we we really need to think twice if if, if our inclination is to turn back to sin mm-hmm. after once we've received you know grace. And so he's obviously using you know some pretty strong language. We're trampling underfoot. You know, the Son of God, we're ignoring the gifts that He's given us and we're choosing other gifts, which takes us back, you know, to, you know, the, you know, the original sin, uh, you know, choosing, you know, to take, uh, you know, choosing to reject God and to choose for ourselves what is best and right for us. And when we choose things that are displeasing to God, what a disgrace it is to the work and what a, what a scandal it is that we'd even choose to live that way. No, I mean, he definitely gives us a, a great, motivation to not insult you know the the spirit of grace at work in our lives and i like as well even in 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 verse kind of 23 and 24 he begins kind of talking about how obviously this is a work of god going on that we can draw near and everything that's taking place but it's also this this thing we do together you know let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds so christ at work through his people together helping us fight sin and 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 live for christ I love the, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Old Testament allusion, you know, uh, sacrifice and offerings you, you did not desire. In other words, Isaiah, and it tells us, you know, what is all this trampling in my courts? You're coming in and out and you're going through the rituals, but that's really not, you know, what I was looking for. And then, of course, he, he juxtaposes it with the psalm here where a body you prepared for me and I'm here to do your will. And of course, it was a sacrifice of God's of Christ's body in doing the will of God that brought us into you know this relationship, you know, with with the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to love the author of Hebrews too, just his theology of of sacrifice, and you know, he says that every you know in verse three, but those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. And then he goes on and says, you know, day after day every priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again. He offers the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when this priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God and since that time he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. Tell you about Psalm one ten, you know, he's he's uh, alluding to it again and then verse fourteen for by one sacrifice he has made mm. perfect forever those who are being made holy. And you, you kind of ask the question, so what is it? Are we made perfect or are we being made holy? The author of Hebrews says, yes. <laughs> no, that is a beautiful sense of, uh, you know, we have been made perfect and because we have been made perfect or complete in him. Yeah. And that if you, you know, take it, especially, you know, the Ezekiel version of the new covenant promises, we have. Uh, you know, had a heart of stone removed from us, the cold, hard indifference to God. We've been given a heart that's responsive to Him. And uh, beyond that, He has put a new spirit in us or a disposition mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. please Him. He's put His spirit in us to work with our spirit in order to draw our hearts and minds to Him and to enable us, you know, to keep His you know, law in the creed. So, so we have been made complete in Christ and are progressing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
in, okay. in that, you know, from day to day. I kind of love the way that, uh, you know, Paul says this, uh, you know, be are being transformed in his image from glory to glory. And this comes from God, who is the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is obviously something the first covenant couldn't offer. Yeah. You know, these are these better things that we receive. The better promises. Yeah, which he begins describing in verses you know, 16 through 17 as he talks about Jeremiah 31. This is the covenant I'll make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I'll put my law in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. And then he adds, which is amazing, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. Um, what wonderful words of that Christ has secured for yeah. us. How amazing. I love how, and we've already talked about this passage, but I mean, all of this theology that he's been building towards, you know, doesn't just say, well, so you need to think, you know, about more theology or you need to have higher thoughts, but he, he actually moves it into that verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. You know, that place that, that you were never authorized to enter into, you were always restricted from, you know, that was the place where you were not supposed to go. And now he says, in light of what Christ has done as the high priest, as the one who has been sacrificed, offered himself as the sacrifice, mm-hmm. we then, the, the outflow of this theology is we have you know, access, authorization to enter into the most holy place. Therefore, brothers and sisters, verse 19, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled and cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure waters. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised us faithful. I was all one sentence. And it's just you know the beautiful things done for us in Christ that allow us to come with full assurance into His presence, rather than trembling you know into, into the holy of holies. And then obviously there's a call into community. You know, mm-hmm. can, let's consider how, you know, this is not just impacting us as we come into the presence of God, but let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Mm-hmm. And um, that is, you know, but called, you know, not only, you know, after that he says, you know, let's not be sloppy in how we live, deliberately living, you know, an old way of life, but uh, uh, to, you know, find encouragement from what Christ has done for us and to uh, encourage each other by reminding ourselves of what Christ has done for us and, and, and living in deep, you know, biblical community. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we, we uh, you know, uh, sometimes we so emphasize, the, you know, the individual call to know Christ that we forget the corporate call to be the people of Christ. And, of course, that's one of the things that he's uh, calling us to do. And I am sure we have left your favorite part of this passage out. There's so much here uh, in doing it. But uh, we're coming to the end of our podcast. So, David, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. And, Father, we do ask um, that we wouldn't just simply dwell on on truths and statements of, of who Christ is and what he has done, but that the greater work of the Spirit at work in our lives, in our hearts, transforming us into the image of likeness of Christ would be real and, and true in our lives. Father, we ask that you would help us to hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, because um, we know that you have promised and you are faithful. And so help us to be a people who, even in the sufferings and the difficulties of following you, know that we have... Uh, better and lasting possessions not on this earth but but father be um be our our treasure be our hope um help us keep faithful 
till the end um, by your power by your strength and for your glory and pray this all in the name of christ amen